This is KCLR's Bottom Line with John Purcell. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants, the Southeast's largest independent accountancy practice. www.onf.ie Hello, good morning and welcome to The Bottom Line, the programme for and about business on KCLR. I'm John Purcell. Well, it's been an unprecedented week for Ireland and indeed the world as we come to grips with the global crisis that is represented by COVID-19. All around us, routines and normal ways of operating are being turned on their head as schools, colleges and childcare facilities close in an attempt to contain the spread of the virus. The challenges facing business are equally enormous and in many cases even existential. Many companies, including KCLR, have already embarked on a total reorganisation of how they do business and remote working, once rare, is becoming the new normal. This morning on the programme, we'll be talking to a range of people in business about the challenges we all face over the coming weeks. And on the bottom line, and indeed across the board on KCLR, we'll be providing a forum for people to discuss the issues and hopefully come up with solutions to the challenges we face in these amazing times. If you'd like to contact the programme, you can text us on the Darren Hayes KCLR comment line. That's 083 306 9696. 083 306 9696. Also urge you to keep an eye on KCLR96FM.com where we're providing a full local information service on cancellations, on people who are available to help uh, and so on. And already business rising to the challenge with many companies offering to help and come up with new ways. Freshco Pharmacy, for example, are offering to collect prescriptions and deliver medications. Other companies also listed on our website. Do check it out. And if you don't already, follow us on all the various social media channels where you'll find up-to-the-date news and information. But this morning on The Bottom Line, we're starting with a discussion on how people, and more especially people in business can mentally adjust themselves to cope with the enormous challenges we've had to face and how we can equip ourselves for the challenges that lie ahead and who knows what they are. Over recent years, we've heard much about resilience. It's largely been a a niche uh, occupation of the people who are interested in self-help books, etc. But resilience for the entire community will be tested over the coming weeks and months. And never has it been more essential. Joining me on the line is someone best known around these parts as a columnist in the Sunday Independent, a communications advisor to business and indeed a regular broadcaster on KCLR, but he's also a doctor of psychology. Good morning, John Masterson. Good morning, John. How are you? We're in strange times. Strange times indeed, and uh, it struck me that this time last week we weren't really geared up for the week that we've just had and I've been speaking to business people during the week and many of them were in varying stages of shock indeed grief because many people's plans that they would have had for the year uh, maybe for their businesses have kind of gone up in smoke we're in totally uncharted waters can you tell us a bit about the phases of getting to grips with something like this yeah I mean I'm just listening to you I know you're not in the studio today it was unthinkable to broadcast the way KCLR is operating even 10 days ago and you've had to adapt very very quickly and the first thing that happens to people is is there there's shock there's disbelief it's you know what fresh thing is happening 
And, and then people, it, it is not unlike grief. I mean, there's there's denial. Anyone who has lost a loved one knows that feeling of waking up in the morning and realizing that it actually did happen, that they're, they're still not with you. And the business person is waking up saying, here we go again. A common thing, and I've heard a lot of people getting quite angry, saying, why us? Why us? Oh, and everyone else is on the pig's back. And you really have to get out of that very quickly, because I think as a community and as a country, we're in this together for, I don't know if it's going to be two weeks, four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks. The worry when people get like that is that they go in on themselves and they get a a little bit depressed, and then you are essentially sunk before you accept it. So I think that is the key thing where resilience comes in, which is at that stage to look at your skills and to see what you can do to ensure that uh, it's not some old catchphrase like in every adversity there's an opportunity. I think that's just a load of rubbish. People are trying to get out of this. There may be some opportunities, but the bulk of what people are trying to do is to get out the other side of this with their businesses intact, their staff intact, and their customers intact. Yeah, but if people are feeling, say, beaten up and they're feeling even a a sense of hopelessness and feeling like, God, I just thought I got through the last 10 years of recession and crash and so on. I'm not sure I can cope with this. Is that normal? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think something that if if someone is to sit down, if you're looking at a one-on-one therapy situation, what you'd often do if you're trying to find people to believe in the skills that they have, is look back to find comparable things. And you you find skills that you did not realize you had. In a lot of ways, what's happening to everybody, it's like as if you're, you've changed your job and you're starting a new job. And anyone who has done that knows you go in and you feel like a total idiot for the first day. So you don't know anything. You don't know the people and you don't know the skills and you don't know the procedures. And then gradually over a period of time, you realize all the skills you have. People are doing things in a day-by-day, often forget what skills they've used to overcome adversity. And as you say, as recently as the crash, when people had, had, had to do things. I think the first thing people really should do is prioritize. Now, most business people do that every day of the week, but there's, a, I think, a much greater emphasis on the need to gain perspective because it's not only prioritizing what you're doing, it's prioritizing what has utterly changed. For some businesses, that's looking out at where have all the customers disappeared to. For other businesses, it's absolutely overwhelmed by people demanding their services. I was was talking to one business person yesterday who would have a very large number of customers. But normally, you would deal with the emails as they come in. Every single one of them, probably, it seemed like, was demanding, not demanding, requesting information about how the service was going to be provided. And, And that person, I think, was feeling quite overwhelmed and really had to say what do I do to do about this and the answer was get up at seven o'clock in the morning and do do what you can do and what are the what are the important things but most people try to get through through their list right I think a, a key thing is to get perspective because this will end and one of the things we're all very very poor at is knowing how good we are at things all the things we do every day of the week we kind of forget that there are skills and that other people might not be uh, have the same level of skill as, as, as we do. And you need to fall back on that bank of skills. The, the other thing I think is hugely important, I've talked to several businesses in the last week, is communication. And that's both with staff and with customers. Um, it, it, a lot of people don't realize how that their staff I suppose, are a resource, but their staff are also a worried resource at the moment because they, they, they don't know quite, quite what's going to happen. One business I was dealing with um, d- during the week is a restaurant, 
And they had done the sensible thing, which is they had reduced the number of tables in their restaurant, but they had an additional problem, which is most people come in for a drink before, and most people might have a drink after their meal. And that area was much more crowded. And one one of the, the staff popped up and said, why don't we open the cookery school, which is only 50 yards away? So they were able to very quickly put a couple of tables in there, dress it up, and have something which made people feel not only a lot safer, but made their customers feel very, very clearly that their customers were were uppermost in their mind, you know? John, um, just with short time, just a, a couple yeah. of things. People can tend to get very stuck in the short term. How do people deal with the medium and the long-term planning? How did, do they deal with negative thought cycles? You know what I mean? People can be yeah. kind of... It's like the guy in Dad's Army. We're doomed. We're doomed. Yeah. You know, and there's oh, lots yeah. of reasons to be not cheerful, so to speak. But how do people get through it? There's short-term, there's medium-term, there's long-term. And you and I, we usually know what short-term, medium-term and long-term are. I think in this situation... We don't know what short-term is, we don't know what medium-term is, and we don't know what long-term is. So you have to really watch for the things like getting into a cycle of negative things. I mean, some people will catastrophize. It is all a disaster. Some small businesses will be under terrific pressure because a lot of it may, a lot of the burden may fall on one, two, or three key people, and they're they're they're, they're having feeling the the pressure. The, again, it comes back to prioritizing helps you get perspective, and it also makes you stop putting off the things that would make your situation situation worse. And I, I think it really is getting key people around you, thinking about your customers, because you're going to want your customers uh, to be there um, uh, when all this ends. And this will end. But we really don't know what short, medium and long term ter- term are. Uh, what about opportunities, John? They say that every cloud has a silver lining. Can people be doing things maybe that they didn't think they had time to do or what's the story well, i heard i heard of one bookshop in london this morning which has set up a thing where um, it, it, they just deliver out a book to your house an awful lot of people who probably haven't bought a book for years are now having books delivered to their house uh, it, it, it may be something that in the future they keep as as part of their part of their business but i think at the moment at this stage we're so early in it people are not there would be a rare people that are thinking of opportunities. A lot of people are thinking of survival. How do I keep supplying the service or goods that I'm doing? How do I keep my staff employed? And have I a plan that is going to get us through day by day? And I would say in a lot of businesses, it's nearly like Churchill's War Cabinet. You're sitting down with some key people each morning and say, what can we do? What will we do? And I think rather than get overwhelmed, there's no time more than this when the last thing you want to do is say i'm going to open a bottle of wine forget my troubles like a good night's sleep is probably one of the most important pieces of people's armory at the moment okay john thanks very much some very good advice there from psychologist john masterson on how to mentally get yourself ready for the fray ahead and don't forget there are lots of people uh, to talk to if you're feeling uh, the pressure we'll have names and numbers of organizations on our website but but don't forget people like the Chambers of Commerce, the local enterprise offices and so on, all encouraging people to get in touch because help is available. Coming up, speaking of Chambers of Commerce, we'll be talking to Ian Talbot, uh, who's the Chief Executive of Chambers Ireland. The Bottom Line on KCLR with John Purcell. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants, the Southeast's largest independent accountancy practice, www.onf.ie.
You're listening to The Bottom Line, the programme for and about business on Casey Law. We were talking about resilience before the break and how to equip yourself for the challenges ahead. And good to see that local businesses, as I mentioned earlier, are putting their shoulder to the wheel and helping other people. Laurie Matt Jewellers in Kilkenny, for example, are offering a helping hand to people who are isolated or unable to make it out. And they're more than happy to offer a delivery driver and they won't uh, bust your parcels on the way and also in Carlo Doyle's Royal Oak stores are offering phone deliveries uh, and are assuring people of good shop hygiene and offering special services for vulnerable members of the community um, do check out those uh, businesses on our website now Chambers Ireland represents literally uh, probably tens of thousands of businesses throughout the country and they've been at the forefront of uh, talks with government to introduce special measures to introduce uh, introduce um, measures to support businesses through these unprecedented times. Earlier I spoke to Ian Talbot who's the Chief Executive of Chambers Ireland. I started by saying to him or passing the remark that we truly lived in unprecedented times. It's absolutely unprecedented John. Uh, never seen anything like it and uh, I suppose it's cold comfort, but at least we're not on our own this time as we were, for example, when we were first to hit the buffers in 2008. At least we're now surrounded by the problem elsewhere, so we can work on collective problems rather than being in this completely on our own. And, for example, it's good to see today that the European Union came out with a, a series of measures to try and help businesses across the whole of Europe, including some loosening of things like state aid rules and the, the fiscal framework. Mm. Um, so we're not in it on our own this time. Yeah, and I think it's a unique event because it's uh, it's not confined to one particular sector of the economy. Everybody's getting hit all over the world. Everybody's getting hit all over the world. Nobody quite knows uh, where it's going to pop up next. Um, and I think, you know, it's, it's easy to say, but, you know, we really shouldn't panic at this stage. Um, I know, for example, I've had several meetings with, uh, with government officials this week. Uh, the government has been trying really, really hard to stay ahead of a very fast-moving situation. And, for example, they made the social welfare changes earlier this week to try and encourage people to declare themselves uh, for self-isolation, for example. And just uh, in, in the last few hours, there's been an announcement from the revenue commissioners about easing up on uh, small businesses in particular struggling to meet their VAT and PAYE payments that are due the week after next. So the, the government is trying to keep up with the challenges, but the challenges are huge. Here at KCLR, we've uh, been made aware of many businesses who've been in touch with us who want to help other businesses. Uh, Chambers Ireland it, it represents thousands of businesses all over uh, the country. How would you characterise morale among businesses at the end of what's been a horrific week and how do you see the week ahead going? Well, uh, uh, there's a, a few things to say there. Uh, first of all, uh, one of the great things about our network is that we've 40 affiliated chambers around the country. And, for example, in, in your area, we've got some great chief executives like Brian O'Farrell and Carlo and John Hurley and Kilkenny, who are our feet, our boots on the ground in the area as well, both providing information to us about what's happening on the ground, but also providing the local resource for companies to go to. Um, so what I think is going to happen next week... Um, really is, I think, companies' cash flow is really, really important. And I think companies are going to have to sit down and work out how they're going to get through the next two or three weeks. 
that's really important and that's why for example the announcement about VAT and PAYE uh, was a really important aspect companies need to survive the next two or three weeks get through this period and then we see where we go from there there, there really is there are very different solutions required to see companies through the next two or three weeks and then what we need to do to solve the medium term issues so yeah. in the medium term for example you know tourism obviously there are people around the world at the moment sitting on their hands not booking holidays anywhere so you know the irish tourist industry has are so many others in so many other countries vulnerable there so for example we might need a big marketing campaign for government for example when we get back open for business to say we're open for business so these uh, are the sort of initiatives we need and and would you be confident that we have the bandwidth in our, our government and in, in our departments to think imaginatively enough to cater for the huge challenges that lie ahead of us there is no shortage of imagination, I think, in government, and there's certainly no shortage of ideas coming in from the various sector-specific organisations and ourselves as the geographic face of business. There's a lot of ideas out there, and that's why I think, for example, things like the European Union announcements today were very important for the government to actually say to the government, you know, some of these things we've been hung up on around things like budget surpluses and meeting the European Union fiscal framework and these things, there's clearly going to be some latitude. So that gives the government the ability to put some money into this with the right ideas. And there's also the government capability as well. We need uh, things like, for example, the local enterprise offices, which are so important to the local business community, need to be well briefed and they need to be resourced to get these ideas and deliver frameworks, uh, if, it, if there's grant aid coming, voucher schemes, whatever, they need to be able to get those out to businesses as well. A bit of a challenge in um, making sure that all of the businesses that need to avail of these various aids and schemes are actually aware of them, because I have a sense that a lot of businesses are just too busy firefighting these days, and there's a lot of big stuff being announced. Do you think people will uh, be aware enough of them, and if not, where should they go to find out? Well, it's a very, very good point, and I suppose the challenge is that there's a lot of different sources of vital information at the moment. For example, obviously the HSE are producing a huge amount of information about the whole area of you know, the medical side, the clinical side, uh, and managing health and safety. Uh, and then you've got, for example, the Department of Business rolling out things like they've got very good business continuity frameworks, for example. What we try and do, if you look at our website, we have a, a, a COVID-19 section on the front page of our website, and we're there just trying to collate all these bits of information into one page, effectively, uh, you know, with links try and connect people with the, with the important stuff. So whether that's, you know, how to clean down your premises after a diagnosed case, to how do I talk to the revenue commissioners if I can't make a VAT payment, and down to what grants might be available to help support my business as I redevelop over the next few weeks. Um, a lot of concern among businesses as to how quickly they can reopen again if there's a, if there's a diagnosis of uh, COVID-19 on their premises. Can you shed any light on that? What's the what's the practice? Well, I think the practice depends on what stage we're at. So I think, uh, for example, uh, when we were in the containment phase, I think the practice is one thing. We're now in delay. The practice becomes something else. And then as we get through delay and into mitigation, I think we get to a point where at that stage it's in the community and it'll be a situation where if people are sick, they go home, and if people aren't sick, they go to work. 
uh, and we've done everything we can to control it and you know effectively to try and spread out the uh, the infection rate so that the hospital system has the capacity to deal with the influx of cases finally uh, but it's challenging yeah, yeah finally what would your message be to businesses listening this morning uh, the message i think would be that Organisations like ourselves and the government are desperate to try and help businesses to get through this, to survive, to get through the worst of it, and hopefully if we can all get through this together. And I think in that I'm, I'm appealing just to the general public at large to say, uh, you know, let's do the best we can to isolate ourselves for the next couple of weeks and, uh, and really get rid of the worst of this thing, get rid of the worst of the risk. Uh, you know, we've closed down schools and uh, other facilities and so on so that people will stay away from each other rather than grouping together, for example, and, you know, continuing to pass it on. So I think that, you know, we've all a role to play, not just businesses. Ian Talbot, Chief Executive of Chambers Ireland, there talking about the challenges that lie ahead uh, for businesses, uh, but also offering words of positivity about how business is sticking together and how there is a lot of help out there. Speaking of positivity, I'm joined on the line by a woman who is renowned for her positivity. I've heard her say that she doesn't do negative. She's won many awards for her and her business. She's been uh, recognised in the Ernst & Young Entrepreneur Entrepreneur of the Year Awards just a couple of years ago. Numerous awards, um, but she joins me on the line and also her Arboretum Lifestyle and Garden Centre in Lachlan Bridge has been featured not just in Ireland but around the world and she's headed the Garden Centre's organisation, the international one. Rachel Doyle, good morning. Good morning, John. Um, You're a positive woman, but it's been tested these days, I would imagine. Uh, absolutely, and uh, we we are doing absolutely everything we can to uh, be compliant with everything the HSE has asked us to do. We have um, in 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 the arboretum we have one person dedicated to the restaurant, one to the shop, and one to uh, the outdoor area. And they're all their job is over the whole course of the day is going around and disinfecting everything. Um, you know, if it's a trolley that somebody has brought back, it has to be cleaned down before it's put out for use again. So we're 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 complying with all of those things, but it's just, I suppose, uh, it's you know, it's 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 frightening to see the fall off in business, and um, we are looking at you know everything that we can do to, you know, we've, we've spaced out the tables in the restaurant and in the conservatory. All of those things we're complying with. But, you know, I suppose that the staff are fearful and it is, they're seeing, you know, that that, that we're down every day. Um, and I'm not sure what is the, the right line for government to take at this stage. It's 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 changing very quickly, isn't it? And it's happening at a tough time of the year because I know um, from talking to you over the years that pa- St. Patrick's Day is the traditional kickoff for your busy Absolutely. season. But equally with Absolutely. people spending more time at home, uh, mm. they'll never be banned from going into their gardens or looking after no. their window boxes and we should think of the positive aspects of oh, all oh, that sort uh, of stuff. Absolutely. And, and, and that is what we're what we're what we are doing because we we believe look at you know what i really believe that mentally spiritually physically if you go out into your garden you're in a great frame of mind it, imp- it 
you know, research has shown it, it improves our mood. It improves uh, how we look at things. Um, if you, you know, if I get a headache, my cure is not to go to the paracetamol. My cure is to go down for a walk through the garden. And honestly, it works. Mm. And plants have that effect on people. And, you know, when you look at the health and wellness aspect of plants, it is just why aren't we doing more with it? You know, mm. why, you know, plants soak up carbon dioxide, which we breathe out. They make us, they convert it into oxygen to give us to breathe back in again. So to me, I look at a plant and I think you're a wonderful oxygen machine. Mm. You know? And, and they also eliminate toxins, I believe. So you should. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, house plant, house plants—they um, eliminate toxins, and this is research that came in from NASA. House plants remove eighty-seven percent of eight of air toxins within twenty-four hours, and that is the toxins that are in fabrics and they're in the, cu- the cushions, they're in the furniture, they're in the carpets. Mm. Imagine that having house plants in your house can eliminate 87% of those air toxins. So it's a no-brainer. And it, it also happens to, uh, uh, you know, there's, there's more productivity where there's house plants. It reduces stress levels. And God, we all need that at this stage. Absolutely. And, and um, so, and like if you, for example, if you have an aloe vera or a mother-in-law's tongue, Sansevieria, in your bedroom, it enhances sleep. So I think that we should do all of that. But also the kids are off school. What an opportunity to get out in the garden. Let the kids get mucky. It's it's soil, compost, it's clean clean dirt. Mm. And they won't be putting their hands to their face uh, if, if they have them dirty with. Let them grow potatoes in pots. And uh, let them see them growing. And put it at the back door. Let them get pots and let grow salad crops. All of those things. I know I have five grandchildren. I know how they absolutely love being in the garden. They love doing those sort of activities. And they are absolutely in. Uh, they're, they're out in the fresh air and it will keep them healthy. Okay, Rachel Doyle, thank you very much. Positive as normal and best wishes to you, uh, Fergal, Barry, Frank and all in the Arboretum. Challenging times, but we'll get through them. And I know you have been president of the chamber in Carlow and so on. And uh, let's all keep it positive and wake up, smell the coffee and smell the roses and keep going. Thank you, John. And we have a super team and that's what keeps us going. Okay, Rachel, thank you very much. You're listening to The Bottom Line on KCLR. We'll take a quick break. The Bottom Line on KCLR with John Purcell. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants. Now offering a complete life and pensions advisory service to business. www.omf.ie You're listening to The Bottom Line on KCLR. John Purcell with you on the programme for and about business. It's just coming up to 21 minutes uh, to 10 o'clock. We're with you until 10 o'clock this morning. Joining me on the line is the Coherlock of Kilkenny County Council, Peter Chap Clear. Good morning, Chap. Good morning, John. How are you? Not bad. Unprecedented times. Um, we need leadership. Where are you in Kilkenny County Council? 
Yeah, look, look, the last week in particular, things have really escalated. And I suppose from a from a local authority perspective, uh, we've been consistent, I suppose, in trying to follow the advice from, from the HSE and the Chief Medical Officer. So what we've done uh, since last Thursday is we've we've closed our libraries around the county. Um, we've closed the Medieval Mile Museum, the Watershed, the Watergate. And all accounts are run, festival and events have been postponed until the 29th of March. Uh, so we've made that decision. Uh, and I suppose we're, we're encouraging, we, we have left the rest of our offices open, but we're encouraging people, if they can, uh, to do as much business as they can by phone uh, or by email or online uh, where possible. Uh, obviously, we're, we're, we're available at all times to all of the people of Kilkenny, uh, and it's a huge challenge and it's unprecedented, but we've just tried to put in place as much measures as we can, and we will have to follow uh, the guidelines from the HSE uh, over the coming days as this, as this, I suppose, pandemic progresses. Yeah, containment very uh, and slowing down this virus, huge priority, but business under huge pressure and the council a role to play, you operate the local enterprise office and so on, but equally uh, the need to facilitate businesses coming together to kind of the whole Irish um, concept of the metal really needs to come into operation over the coming weeks and even months. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, like the Irish businesses have shown tremendous uh, resilience, I suppose, really, John, over the last uh, 10 years, really, when you look at the, the flood challenges that we had and the, the storms with the snow and, uh, you know, now COVID-19. So we've had so many challenges and so many setbacks. Uh, but the Irish people and Irish business people and leaders uh, have shown incredible resilience. And there are certain sectors in industry that are, that are, that are really challenged at the moment. Uh, and I suppose what we all need to do is come together, uh, work together as, as a community first and foremost. Um, but bear in mind that, that these businesses, people's livelihoods, uh, their staff, their employees, there's, there's a bigger knock-on effect economically. So I would just encourage all of your listeners to, to support local, to shop local. And, to, you know, for example, if they did have uh, a booking in a restaurant, maybe to, uh, instead of cancelling the booking, maybe to, to get a voucher and, and maybe take that, that booking at a later date when, when hopefully this thing is contained and things calm down. Uh, I've spoken to a lot of businesses from a lot of sectors uh, over the last couple of days, and they really, um, they're, they're, not ste- they're not shying away from their responsibilities and they're stepping up to the plate, but they are challenged and they're serious uh, challenges ahead. And I think... I suppose as a local authority uh, and as, I suppose, the government of Ireland, what they need to do and what we need to do is show leadership. And um, I suppose from the council perspective, um, we have rates for all of our businesses and I think we need to be very flexible uh, in terms of our rates demand on businesses and we need to, I suppose, engage and we'd hope that the businesses that are might have some cash flow difficulties uh, over the coming months, that they will engage with the local authority and we can put a plan in place to try and ease uh, that particular burden. Um, Actually, uh, was was I suppose one of the great things about us being a little bit later is that uh, you can see some fantastic measures that were brought in in other countries. And I see the Belgian model, John, I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but uh, the Flemish government during the week came out with what's called a nuisance grant, grant of €4,000 for each business that had to shut uh, over the period of the COVID-19. And I think uh, that is something that I think the Irish government should absolutely look at doing. Um, we have a rainy day fund there that was put aside, I suppose primarily with Brexit in mind, but I think this uh, COVID-19 supersedes Brexit at the moment. And Absolutely. I think that, that pot of money should uh, should be asked, I, I, I suppose, accessed 
and if, if there was a 4,000 euro nuisance grant made available to all businesses, I think that would ease the burden along with, I suppose, a delay of rate payments and, I suppose, an understanding between the local authorities and the businesses that an arrangement can become to, uh, to I suppose, ease that burden and, and ease that pressure that will be on businesses. OK, thanks very much. That's Peter Chapclear, Cahirlock of Kilkenny County Council, and we'll talk to him again and, indeed, other representatives of our local authorities across Kilkenny and Carlow. And here in Casey Law, we'll be glad to do anything we can to facilitate all of those businesses and all of those organisations working with businesses. We're going to take another break and we'll be back for Talking Shop. You're listening to The Bottom Line on Casey Law and this is Talking Shop, the feature where over the last number of weeks we've been discussing various aspects of being in business, starting your own business, developing a business and growing a business. I'm John Purcell and I'm joined by my Talking Shop co-host Nikki Hoyne of My Shining Armour and The Hero Podcast. Good morning, Nikki. Hello, how are you? Now, we're joined again by our guests Mag Kerwin of Goatsbridge Trout Farm and Julian Hughes of Hughes Farming. Last week, we heard from Mag and Julian about the journey that led them into business. This week, we'll be chatting about the importance of confidence and self-belief and also the flip side of that, how to deal with doubt and issues that may sow seeds of getting stuck on a Monday morning and not being able to get out of bed, for example, which would, Nikki, afflict Manny's the entrepreneur. Absolutely. Those moments. I think it's it's a lonely life. I I even had a conversation this week with a very good friend of mine who's in business. It's a lonely life and it's kind of finding that you've got the passion, you've got the drive, but it's those days, you know, and finding that confidence because you both sound very confident, but how do you keep going? Mike, you'd never have any doubt, would you? <laughs> such an award-winning business, yeah. such as Goat Bridge. Well, when you mention awards, you know, it's funny. But things like awards do help you have confidence. I remember mm. one of our first kind of major award programmes that we got involved in. It was an Intertrade Ireland Irish Times. It was um, an innovation award. And I remember going up to the Belfast, being interviewed for about three or four hours um, by a big panel and walking out of the room came Vincent Cleary from Glen Isk and a lady called Tracy Hamilton from Mash Direct two very big companies mm-hmm. and on the night at, in Belfast Titanic um, we were the successful winners and I remember the guys looking at me you know and saying who the hell are they you know but, um, but I think you know you, you, you can look, look back now and think you know, even if I look back a couple of years, I certainly have more confidence now than I had then. I think that's um, because of many things. I think success breeds success and breeds confidence. Yeah. But I also think knowledge breeds confidence. Mm. Um, and things like, you know, um, having a good network of people to talk to. You talk about entrepreneurs being in a lonely life. I have never felt that. First of all, I've never felt that I don't want to, don't want to get up in the morning and go to work. I, I, I've been blessed. I absolutely live and love what I do. I don't mm. think I ever work. Um, so that's never been a problem for me. And I I do think for, for you know when I, I suppose for me in the early days you're getting stuck in I didn't know anything I learned my trade on the ground and then you get stuck into the business side of things and and at that stage not really having any formal education in this I went and did a course on you know account management because I never did commerce before I did Latin mm. um, I went and did a management <laughs> development course which was the best thing I ever did with the Enterprise yeah. Board fantastic resource with the Enterprise Board locally I did everything I could there you know IT social media I just basically filled myself with knowledge because I'm that kind of a person. Mm. And that in itself gives you confidence to make decisions or have an opinion even. 
and but the you know I suppose the big, biggest challenge for me was trying to inflict change on our business when you're coming from a family business and people whose mindset might be something different to yours which is mm. why our business has succeeded because you know there's, there's different dynamics and you know Jeremy might feel he's slowing me down I might he might feel I'm pushing too hard so together you know we're, 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 we're a good combination and I've only come to, le- to learn and realise that over time you know so I think confidence comes and grows as you grow with the business mm. And uh, you're you're talking about knowledge, Julian. I know you like you did your masters and you, you work worked with Waterford IT, being there like external. Mm. I did all my research on you. I was very <laughs> impressed. Um, but but with that, I suppose brings a confidence that you like right. Well, I have you've got the piece of paper in the one sense that backs you up, and then you've got the experience. Yeah, but I mean, piece of paper in terms of you know getting the masters and all these things. It really, you know, it's it's great. Like, and it's mm. it's it's nice. But, you know, when you're sitting there and you've got a problem, it's a very lonely place. It, it would be lonely for me anyway at times because, you know, there's a lot going on. The business has ex- expanded very quickly. So, I mean, there's a lot of balls to keep up in the air and doing that. And oftentimes you have to shield people from certain things and you've got to protect people from this and that. And, there's, you know, you're moving things around all the time behind scenes. And oftentimes people within the business, even people that work with me, they wouldn't have any idea about what would be going on in the after hours period. And, the, you know, there's an awful lot of moving parts happening in our business between 6 p.m. and 10 p.m. every night. So, you know, it can be lonely, but I, w- I would think, for me anyway, doing the, doing the Nuffield in, in 2010 was probably a... It was a very formative event in the sense that, like, I went around the world and I looked at all these very impressive business people who, when you meet them in their shirt and tie inside and work, you'd be very impressed with them and you'd say to myself, well, do you know, they're in a different league. But with most of them, I would have actually stayed with them in their homes. And, um, you know, you go home in the evening, you see that they're just normal people. They've got holes in their socks. They have arguments with their wife. They've, you know, they have all the exact same problems that everyone else has. So it, it became, for me... I suppose I would have looked at that and thought that, you know, they're no different to any of us. Mm. So that was probably a, a big thing for me was to actually realise that, you know, it's only humans that get out there and do this stuff and, like, you're only dealing with humans and everyone everyone wants to get along and wants everyone to succeed. There is a bit of the Irish thing that people often would, would, would like to knock you down and we get a bit of that at times, but I think in the main, yeah, no, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's very fulfilling, but yeah. it can be lonely. It's important for people who are considering starting businesses to know that it kind of comes with the territory, Mag, that like just because you're a successful business doesn't mean that you're not going to face huge challenges, setbacks and have doubt, but it's actually how you respond to that. I think if people, people really need to realise, an awful lot of people are like swans on the river going down, mm. looking nice and smooth, serene. But underneath, there could be paddling like hell, trying to mm. keep above water. I mean, I was very lucky to have dinner with a, a guy called Mike Stack last night who's got a very uh, air-seed, a company down in, in Killarney, very successful businesses, a series of businesses. And he just talked about just that and what struck me about him. And I think this, these are the kind of people you need to surround yourself when you're starting a business and you need to seek them out, mm. whether it's networking or whatever. And he, he talked about all the challenges in such a real and honest way, very successful business. But he wasn't afraid to talk about the the issues he's had, the issues he continues to have, no matter how big or how successful. I think it's important, you know, I think people and we as a race are inclined to look over our shoulders at the next person. I think it's important to realise that everybody, no matter how big or small, no matter where you are in your life or business, everybody has issues, mm. not just you. And and I think the more honest we are about them, we need to go out there and look, seek help, talk mm. to people. 
and 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 you say it's a lonely place. I think I'm probably a talker anyway. I'm probably somebody who who's not afraid to ask for advice and for help. I'm not afraid to admit my my own failings. Look for people that are better than me, and I think and bring them in on board. And 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 for, I'm not afraid to find people who I trust and bring them in. And if, if you find someone that you're lucky enough to trust, um, and there's no point in bringing them in and wasting their time if you don't take on board their advice. Mm. You know. So I think I think. I think for anybody starting a business, it's important to, to, to look beyond yourself and look for the help and ask for it and not be afraid and have the confidence to ask mm-hmm. for it. And if you're having issues, if things aren't going well, you know, um, look for that help and make decisions. Change what you're doing if it's not right. Admit it and, and face up to it sooner than later. And don't be afraid of failure. Because, you know, if you were living in America, failure would be, would be, would be looked at with favour. In Ireland, it's kind of frowned upon. Well, that's mm-hmm. wrong. You know, so I mean, let's forget the, the Irish begrudgery and let's um, let's help each other. Julian, you spoke about your experience on Nuffield. That sounded like it really helped him boost your confidence. Before that, did you kind of think of successful people as being a, a kind of a, a set apart? <coughs> I, you know, I, w- I would have thought of them as being as being a, a different different level. Now, I, to be honest, with you, I don't consider myself or our business to be you know a a case study for success. I'm not sure I'd advise anyone to take the same route we've taken. It's fraught with huge amounts of stress. For me, I really enjoy it, but that's my mentality. I love the I love the doggedness of it. I love the pressure of it. I enjoy the cut and thrust of it. I love the idea of getting an order at 10 o'clock at night for a truckload of carrots the following day. That, to me, is exciting. To other people, that's not exciting. That's extremely stressful. So... I mean, you need you need to be able to roll with the punches in what we're doing. It's 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 high stress. You need to be able to deal with that. Um, I'm really lucky that I've got a very good team in what we do. And if you were to split what I used to do into four quarters, you could say there's the financial element of it, there's the agronomy and technical element of it, and then there's the operations element of it and strategic. Do you know, there's three very good men who fill them other three roles, and I just I fool around with strategic and take pictures of them working. Really, is the main role I, I fulfil in the company. But I kind of paper over the cracks in the background, and and them guys are the guys who really drive the business. So I'm very lucky in that sense. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a roller coaster at times. Yeah, Mike, an interesting point there about uh, Julian makes about you know being characterised by me as successful, but then saying that don't necessarily feel successful is that a common enough thing like you'd be regarded as very successful what's success yeah you wouldn't be kind of going around thinking oh I'm a successful business no I mean I I think sometimes success can breed arrogance with people and and you see that but they're not the kind of people I like to throw myself with um, you know, and I'm 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 laughing at Julian here. I'm thinking to myself, I want to give him a, a, a shake there and say, stop talking about. Of course, there are cracks in your business. Of course, you're covering up. That's life. That's business. That's real life, and that's real business. And that's what I talked about last night when I'm, you know, um, when you're talking, you're sitting and talking to people like Mike Stack, who is seriously successful. He would talk about the cracks because they're there. They're real. You know what I mean? So I mean, of course, but don't be hard on yourself and don't arrest, underestimate what you've actually achieved, Julian, either. And take a clap in the back because. I tend to be very hard on myself, but I'm becoming less and less hard on myself as I get older and wiser. And you're talking about team, Julian. Like, I think everyone says team is such a massive thing in business. Like, if you haven't got yeah, great a, people. a lot of people use it as a cliche. It's kind of a waffly sort of thing for people to say. But like, you know, we won the Tillage Farmer of the Year award there recently, and to be fair, it was a bit bizarre to go up for it. To be honest, because. I didn't. I didn't plan any of the crops. I didn't. I didn't plant any of the crops. You know. So I mean, there's a team of guys there who look after that. And in real terms, had I known we would have been successful, I probably would have got them to go for it instead of me. Because and it's it's it, again, everyone comes up with the cliche, but in our situation, we have a really young, dynamic team. Like I'd say, we have an average age in the business of. I'm going to say just over 30. We're certainly 
you know the key players in the business are, are very young dynamic they're all very driven so I mean that's the big thing so when I when I come into them and say look we've got a big project like next week next week we're running a promotion on four different products for four different retailers all in the one week which is a phenomenal amount of work for us to be doing and I mean none of them will even bat an eyelid at it they're just mad to go so I mean it's, it's, it's the team thing they have to actually buy into what you're trying to achieve as well which is something that we've managed to do and that the guys get excited the same way I do about these mammoth tasks that I keep on throwing in front of them yeah, what about you and the team, um, Mike? Yeah, no, a lot of your team is family. What are the pressures uh, of dealing no, with that? Well, well, I suppose the main team player would be my husband, who is family. Uh, other than that, we don't. It's not family. So, yeah, it's all about people. We've got great people. We have a girl in the office, Maraid, who's been with us over 25 years. She's key to our business. You know, I mean, um, and we have, we were very lucky that we have some really good people on the ground, either in the factory or in the farms. And to be honest with you, it's all about people. It's all about people. You've been listening to Talking Shop on the Bottom Line with John Purcell and myself, Nikki Hoyne. We've been chatting to Mag Kerwin of Goldsbridge Trout Farm and Julian Hughes of Hughes Farming about the importance of confidence and self-belief, conviction in your vision. We'll be chatting to them next week about needing to be resilient and innovative. So if you want to listen back to any of our Talking Shop conversations, you can listen to our podcast. Just search for The Bottom Line KCLR wherever you do your podcast listening. The Bottom Line on KCLR with John Purcell. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants, offering a broad range of business and advisory services to businesses large and small across the southeast. You're listening to The Bottom Line. Just time for a quick uh, hello to Pat Crotty, who runs Ireland's Pub of the Year, Paris, Texas, former president of the Vintners Federation and a mayor of Kilkenny. Pat, very challenging times for your sector and indeed all sectors of business. For everyone, yeah, John, uh, we're, as some people say, the hospitality is a special case, but everyone is, is struggling. We might be at the front line of it, that, that uh, the downturn has been dramatic and sudden. And uh, I see restaurants noting on Twitter that they've, they've either, either stopped or they're almost stopped. So but people who are open, people can still support them in a number of ways, giving well, them their custom. Absolutely. I mean, I'm I, in Kilkenny. As far as I can see, there's the the, the vast bulk of places are still open. Um, yeah, we uh, please come in. Please get, bring your custom to anyone anyone you can because uh, all your local neighbours depend on us. So uh, if if it, anything you can do would be appreciated. And we have done everything. And as far as I'm aware, everyone in the sector has done everything they can to meet all the best advice from HSE, from any other authorities who can give us good advice. So we're everyone is doing their best to stay alive at the minute. So if people are open for business, please do support them. Pat, unfortunately, we've run out of time, but that's a good message to get out. Support your local businesses. That was Pat Crotty. Thanks to all our guests this morning on The Bottom Line. That was Pat Crotty. Thanks also to Rachel Doyle, Peter Chapclear, John Masterson, Ian uh, Talbot, to Nicky Hoyne, to Julian Hughes, and to Mag Kerwin. Thanks to Martin Bridgman on Sound, Deirdre Drummy, who produced. Do stay tuned to KCLR throughout this crisis and check out our website. Thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants, now offering a complete life and pensions advisory service to business. www.omf.ie